critical thinking is the most important skill you can have when you're living in a world that seems to have lost its mind. Everyone out there is trying to tell you what to think. I want to teach you how to think. In every episode, I'm exposing the logical fallacies being used by advertisers, politicians, influencers, news outlets, social media memes, and maybe even your own best friend. Warning, listening to this podcast will cause you to see bad thinking everywhere. Welcome to the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast. Hey, what's up, thinkers? Welcome back to another episode of the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast. Let's start off with a quick review of a fallacy that we covered earlier this season. And that one is called whataboutism. Yes, whataboutism. As in someone saying, well, what about this? Or what about that? Okay, so hit pause real quick if you want to try to remember uh, what whataboutism means and what that is. Okay, so whataboutism is often used as an argumentative tactic where someone uses a whatabout question to deflect from the issue at hand or to avoid answering a question. So a question that you can ask yourself if you're facing the whataboutism fallacy is a really difficult one. Are you guys ready? Here you go. Did you just try to dodge my question? (laughs) That's it. If someone throws a whataboutism, what about this? What about that? Just get them back on task. Say, no, this is the question that I asked. So if you need to review or you want to hear more about this fallacy, go back and check out whataboutism on episode 87. And speaking of review, if you are looking for a way to review the fallacies, I have an ebook and I am going to be updating it this week, so it is going to be all the way through, I want to say episode 150, something like that, where it's every single episode that I have covered here on the podcast, I give you a definition of it, I give you an example, and I give you the question to ask. It's a very simple way you can print it off, you know, I call it an ebook, it's really just a PDF, but it's a simple way to review the fallacies, and so this way you can go back, you can look at them, review them quickly, easily often and it makes it super simple. So just click the link in the show notes and you can find uh, the ebook. All right, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Classical Conversations. If you are wanting to homeschool, but you're worried about socialization, oh my gosh, you guys, this as homeschoolers, this is one of the biggest questions that we get. We get the the big questions are, (laughs) what about socialization? And then the other one is, can I really do it? I don't know if I can really teach my child. So I'll just tell you this, Classical Conversations is the homeschool program that we have been using now for 11 years. We just finished our 11th year in this program. We started when my daughter was four. And it is the reason that we love it so much is because of the community aspect. It is known for connecting lives. It puts us in community. Our daughter has been in a class um, this last year. She had 10 kids in her class. And being with this community-based approach, Classical Conversations equips the parents on the homeschool journey together with their kids all the way from kindergarten through even college credit that they can earn. So we love it. It has been amazing for our family. If you want to learn more, go to classicalconversations.com forward slash Gibbons, G-I-B-B-E-N-S. And you can download a couple of free eBooks there and fill out the form. You'll get the eBooks and you can, you know, even get in touch with somebody to find out more information. So, all right, let's dive into today's new fallacy, which is the appeal to closure fallacy. The appeal to closure fallacy happens when someone argues that a particular issue or question should be closed, settled, or resolved Because people are tired of discussing it or because they feel a strong emotional need for closure. And yes, human beings do have this need where when something terrible happens or something significant happens, we do want to get closure at some point so that we can move on. However, 
It doesn't mean closure at any cost. So here's a simple example of um, appeal to closure. This would be if there was, say there was a terrorist attack in a building in the downtown area of a certain city. And the people of the city, of course, are afraid. They're naturally afraid. And they're angry. And they're demanding justice. And they're demanding that whoever did this be found and held accountable. Now, a suspicious-looking Muslim man was seen at the vicinity of the attack site that same morning. And when it was discovered that he had no alibi, he was charged with the attack. Okay, do you see the fallacy? And obviously, I didn't give you a ton of detail there. But the people were afraid and angry, and they were demanding justice. So the city officials felt pressure to give them an answer, to find who did it, and to lock them up so they can't do it again. And in this instance, it didn't matter that there was no real evidence that this man had committed the attack. They just needed someone to take the blame so they could get closure and move on. So the problem with the thinking here is that while the desire for closure is a real psychological phenomenon that does have an effect on the mental and emotional well-being of individuals, using closure as a reason to accept evidence that would not otherwise be accepted is wrong. Accepting a wrong conclusion is still wrong, even if it makes you feel better. And here's the reality. Sometimes in life, we don't always get closure. We don't always get to know why or how something happened. And we sometimes have to live with that. For instance, women who lose a baby in a miscarriage don't always get to know why it happened. People who get robbed don't always find out who did it or get their stuff back. It's one of the hard parts of life. But falsely accusing someone or accepting false evidence just for the sake of closure is wrong also. Here's another, I got two more examples for you. Another example of an appeal to closure fallacy, person A. I don't think we should continue investigating the allegations of fraud in the recent election. It's been months since the election and people are tired of all this controversy. It's time to move on and focus on other issues. Person B. Well, there are still many unanswered questions and inconsistencies that need to be addressed. We can't just sweep this under the rug and ignore it. Person A, I understand your concerns, but we need closure on this issue. It's time to accept the results and move forward. Continuing to investigate will only prolong the divisiveness and the uncertainty. Okay, so can you see what's happening here? In this example, person A is using an appeal to closure fallacy by arguing that the issue should be closed and not investigated further because of the emotional need for closure rather than addressing the, fa- the actual evidence and arguments for or against the allegations of fraud. Another way, I mean, there I could give you so many examples of this one that have happened recently in our culture. But here's another way that we've seen this fallacy happen is when there's a high profile death, especially in an instance where somebody is killed by a police officer. Sometimes people just take what little bit they're told of the person's death in the news. And from that information, they feel like they know what happened. And because they're hurting, because they're afraid, they demand the arrest and even the evisceration almost, a social evisceration of someone's character before the authorities are even able to make their investigation and before the trial even happens. They feel like this demand for justice will give them the closure they're wanting. And so they don't even care if it's true or if it's not, right? So those are some examples of what that looks like when it plays out. So the question to ask yourself when someone is making an appeal to closure is this, is that really what happened? Is that really what happened? It's a very simple question, but what you'll notice sometimes is that if you are the one, if you're the person that asks, even asking this question can get you canceled um, because people get so caught up in their emotions that they 
want closure, they want answers, they want justice so much that they don't even care. And anybody who wants to find out what really happened is considered to be the enemy. And you don't have to fall into that, right? You don't have to fall into that. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Remember, when you learn how to think, you will no longer fall prey to those who are trying to tell you what they want you to think. And it all starts with asking one simple question. Is that really true? I would love to hear from you. Do you have questions about fallacies and cognitive biases? Are you now starting to see and hear them everywhere around you too? Well, send them in. They just might get featured on the podcast. You can email them to me at think at filteritthroughbraincell.com or you can connect with me on Instagram at filteritthroughbraincell. And if you want to be notified about when new episodes come out and all the things that we're doing, go to www.filteritthroughbraincell.com and sign up to receive email updates. I would love it if you would help us on our mission to teach society how to think well. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this podcast with